You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will make you free. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. The book of Ephesians, chapter number five. If you don't have a Bible, we give Bibles away. If you'll just stop right out here by our office, by those glass doors, we would love to give you a Bible. And you can start your Bible reading in 2021. And we are going to be launching that tonight. If you're in our big evening service, I'd encourage you to come back tonight for our six o'clock service. And we'll be giving you uh, ways to sign up to read the Bible through. And we've had uh, hundreds of people uh, either read the New Testament, the Old Testament, or the entire Bible this year. We have nothing here at Marion Avenue other than the Word of God, and that's all we need. It's enough. That's our foundation. Uh, there's no hype. There's no program. Uh, there's no po- policy or process that can ever replace uh, the Word of God and its truth. People often ask, what is this truth about? We say, what is this church, church about? We just say the truth of God's Word. That's our desire. Ephesians chapter number four, actually, and not five. Ephesians chapter number four. And I'll begin reading in verse number 17. This is the final Sunday morning message of 2020. What an incredible year it's been. God is blessed in ways far beyond what we could have ever imagined. I think that it's been a highlight year of the past 48 years of this church, certainly, and so many miracles that have been done Uh, Many victories. I've seen victories that we've prayed about for years. Victories in marriages, victories with children, victories in health, so many victories. And now we come to the final service, and I ask this question, what will 2021 be like in your life? I can't answer that for you, but I can say that it will be a consequential year and that it does matter. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 17, Paul says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What does all of that mean? We'll expound that in this message, Principled Thinking for 2021. Rebecca Kumar from Fiji is here today, and they were asking what a blizzard was the other night. And we were trying to explain it, and basically we said it's when you drive down the road and you don't know where the road is. (laughs) And you thank God for the signs that you see every once in a while because that tells you where you are. And that's the only thing you have. Principled thinking for 2021 are the road signs in the midst of the blizzard of today. Father, we come into your presence and we ask for an anointing. Vain is the help of man and Lord, I am a man. And my thinking is vanity. My way is vanity. It's empty. It's fluff. When we leave here, if all they've heard is what I've come up with, we've 
had a good experience, but we've not been changed. And God, we need to be changed. I pray that you'd please help us to be changed because of your word and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The Apostle Paul walks to the platform this morning and he says to those that are believers, that believe Jesus and have placed their faith and trust in him, he says, look, don't live and think like those who are not believers in Jesus. He said there's a process. What happens is we begin to walk in the vanity of our mind. And the word vanity means perceived fullness. That's why it's dangerous. If you know that nothing's up there and you're walking in stupidity, if you will, or, or simplicity, if you will, in Christ, as far as not knowing the truths and being grounded and rooted and built up in Him, if you know that you're weak in the faith, uh, then you can do something about it. But vanity of the mind thinks that, hey, I've got it all figured out. And what happens is you go from walking in the vanity of your mind until soon your mind is darkened. And then you begin to do things that make no sense. And can I just pause and say that if the Apostle Paul, who's preaching to us this morning, not me, the Word of God, through the inspiration of God coming down to us through His Word, if he were here today, he would just say, folks, take note at the culture of 2020 around you, walking in the vanity of our minds, having our understanding darkened, being given over to greediness and lasciviousness and self-gratitude. And Paul says, basically this is what he is saying, saying is, you are what you think. The Bible says this, for as he thinketh in his heart, that's the center of man, that's the mind of man, as he thinketh in his heart, the heart engine of man, so is he. It's all about how you think. That's why the Bible has a lot to say about the mind. He says, keep thy heart, thy mind, thy center of thinking with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of 2021. For out of it are, quote, the issues of life. This is why he said in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, casting down imaginations, that's how you think. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every, how many of you know the next word? It's every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul is saying, look folks, don't think like the way you used to think before you believed in Christ and you had true righteousness, not self-righteousness, not humanism and humanistic thinking and your own way. And I would like to, man, I'd just like to, to, for all of America to hear this truth from the word of God this morning to say, hey, have some principle, which is biblical thinking in 20." 21. What is principled thinking in 2021? I normally don't like a lot of writing during the message. I'd love for you just to go back online and make notes because sometimes if you write a lot, I can't go as fast and we're on a time clock with all the, the buses here. But I would say this morning, if you'd like to jot a few of these things down, I truly believe it'll give you that biblical principled thinking in 2021. Number one, think God's glory over self gratification. I'll say it again. Think God's glory over self-gratification. In verse 19 and 20, the apostle Paul says, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with what? What brings this darkness, this pain, this brokenness, these shattered dreams and shattered marriages and shattered homes and shattered hearts? And we all have brokenness. Everybody in this room has something in our personal stories and personal lives that is regret. But the Bible says if you want to come out of that regret and come out of that brokenness, put God's glory and eternal living, live outside of yourself to something greater than self 
gratification. The worst thing that you can get is your own way. Why? Because self is never satisfied. Self is a tyrannical, disappointing God. And the more self has, the more self wants. Michael Norton, a Harvard Business School professor, conducted a study of over 2,000 people that had in their assets, in their bank account, more than a million dollars. When he finished the study, they told the Atlantic that virtually all of the millionaires out of the 2,000, virtually all, and I quote, said that they would need, quote, two or three times as much money to be fully happy regardless of how much money they currently have. I thank God for people even in this church that God has blessed and you've taken the biblically principled thinking approach when the Bible says, if riches increase, set not your heart upon them. Thank God for them. Use them for His glory to bless others and bless your family and be grateful for what God has given you, but don't set your heart on it because you want to take God's glory and prioritize it, lift it high above self-gratification. A study published this month in the Journal of Nature Human Behavior found that once we reach a certain household income, 105,000 in the United States and 95,000 globally, we become uh, more income, quote, tended to be associated with reduced life satisfaction and a lower level of well-being. Now, this is what the opposite of what all of the marketing schemes of today would feed you. Everything online is all of the happiness and all of the joy. If only you could attain to this better environment, this better, uh, well-padded, uh, comfortable life. You need this. You must have this because it's going to put the same smile, the beautiful woman on the commercial, the nice uh, man, the, the children running around, and yet we attain to that self-gratification only to end up empty and as CNN put out this year and about the only thing I'd quote from them uh, or I think it was in 2019 we are now living in the saddest generation of young people in history and yet if you were to go and do a survey in the homes of 13 14 15 year olds today they have more if you want to use this word equity, more things, more materialism than any other society, in any other culture, any other generation in our short American history or even around the world. We have more, Amen. more things. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon to find a 13-year-old with a $1,000 phone. Brother Marvin, your dad lived to 106 years of age. Can you imagine $1,000? $1,000 for a device like this, and yet... These children, this generation is so broken, so sad. The suicide is an epidemic far greater than any China virus, far greater. The alcohol, even in this community, even in this county, if you saw behind the scenes of what I have to see of children that are abused, of wives that are abused even sexually, of, of homes that are wrecked, and, 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 and lives that are torn apart because people are getting drunk. I mean, it is far beyond the damage of any virus. Amen. And yet, we come and we say, but that's self-gratitude. we got to have, we got to build this kingdom to ourselves. If riches increase, thank God for them. Be glad. Somebody texts me this morning and says, I'm proud to be an American. I love it. I don't get tired of hearing that every day. Pray for America. Thank God that we live in America. We are a blessed people, but don't set your heart on this comfort that we have. Amen. I remember laying in a tent on an island in uh, the Indian Ocean with Joe Hildebrand and John Swaffer, who's one of our police officers, and, and Ben Temple. And uh, we were laying there, and one of the young people asked, 
the guy, I was laying there about ready to go to sleep in this hammock type thing. And they asked him uh, about a car, a vehicle. They never ride in a car. Their parents never ride in a car. If they're wealthy, they get a bicycle. And I remember them asking, I sat there and just started to chuckle as they asked in very broken English, have you ridden in a car? Like, you know, did your family have a car? What is the car situation? And one of the young men began to, and I've told this before, but one of the young men began to count up the cars. You know, some of them were junk cars out in the backyard that kind of ran and kind of didn't. And he counted up, he says, well, you know, in my driveway, right now we have six cars and the guy about fell out of his hammock I mean he just could not comprehend that we're we're so blessed and yet what do we do we want more and more and more and more and this morning I'm not talking about uh, just not going after materialism though that's certainly uh, what what the the scriptures are teaching us what I am trying to say is this make your life count for Christ think God's glory over self gratification. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Everywhere I go, I was just in Dollar General on Christmas Eve doing that last minute run to grab something. And Dwayne is in there. If you see Dwayne, I love Dwayne. Dwayne's my friend. He's so friendly. And Dwayne said, I saw your dad. And I'm like, I didn't know you knew my dad. And he's, he said, your dad came in here the other day. And he said, I didn't know he's around and everything. I said, well, how do you know my dad? And, and, and this is a, a guy probably close to 50 or so. He said, John Krishner, the man with the hook, and I hear this like all the time, almost every day, every week, every month, all the time. John Krishner, he used to come by my house and love me and pick me up on the bus, and I used to ride to Sunday school, and just so friendly and so grateful and wanted me to tell people hello and all these things. But here's the thing, here's the thing. What John Krishner, this farmer, did was put God's glory over self-gratification. He said, I'm going to serve others, just like many are downstairs serving, just like you have served and brought your family here this morning to say, I want to put God before self. I could be on the couch at home. I could be living for self, but I'm going to put God's glory over self-gratification. This week, our, my children and I watched a, a, a little cartoon type thing of Corey Tim Boom, uh, who hid the Jews in the clock shop and how she went to the uh, concentration camp and almost died and then how she forgave her captors and oh, the, the story of forgiveness so powerful and moved me to tears thinking about Corey Toon Boom and, and, and really it summed up the, the, the uh, cartoon that was an animated st- uh, version of this true story. Uh, it summed it up that she put others before herself. It was God's glory and making a difference before herself. I uh, read uh, about Amy Carmichael who, quote, chose to become dead to the world and its applause to all its customs, fashions, and laws when she entered the missionary service in India. She served 56 years without furlough, taking the love of Christ to many who the world considered unlovable. And yet, We quote Amy Carmichael to this day. Harriet Tubman, who brought 300 slaves from down in Georgia up across the Pennsylvania line, they called her Moses because she was getting the people out and letting the people go. And she kept traveling back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, A slave herself who escaped and went back, she could have stayed in freedom. But when when it ended, this was another cartoon. Man, you like my preaching. I get it all from kids' cartoons. When when the little documentary ended of Harriet Tubman, uh, the slave, this young girl who who brought all these 300 out she said and I quote it was not me who did it it was God that's what drove me his love for all people Man, that stirred my heart. And I said, Lord, I want my life to count for Christ. I think about Jim Elliott, who was a Greek scholar and a wrestling champion. 
who could have done anything for himself, but he knew too that it wasn't about eating three square meals a day, going to work, watching some TV at night, going to sleep and pushing the repeat button on the next day. It was about making our life count for Jesus. Begin to think God's glory in 2021 over self-gratification. He gave, Jim Evelyn gave his life at the end of the spear to the Alka Indians in Ecuador. David Livingston, born into poverty, poverty became a doctor and educated and, and rose to great promise and yet gave it all up to go to Africa and bring the light of God's gospel to a thousand darkened villages that had never heard the name of Jesus. I thank God uh, for my mom and dad and the Owens and the, uh, the Longs and the Wilsons and the Coberleys and the Krishners and so many like that who left self-gratification and bought this old building for $38,000 out of their own pocket and bought some buses and began to run those old buses and pick up people. I stand every day in awe of these people, in awe of their, look, just humble people, just doing their job, just doing uh, what God has called them to do. Uh, th these were not... Uh, what, what they would claim as great saints of God, but yet they put God's glory, eternal investment over self-gratification. Steve Saint was with Jim Elliott, who was an airplane pilot, and he took his plane and landed it in on a sandbar so that they could take gifts and then ultimately the gospel to the Alka Indians. This was Nate Saint. He gave his life. Nate Saint this, and I said this, and I quote, it's one of my favorite quotes. If you've been here long, you hear me say it all the time. People, do not understand, people who do not know the Lord ask why in the world we waste our lives as missionaries. They forget that they too are expending their lives, and when the bubble has burst, they will have nothing of eternal significance to show for the years that they have wasted. You say, what do I do this morning? Begin to live for something that will last for eternity. Begin to make your life count for Jesus. You say, well, I'm not a pastor. I don't work a full-time job in the ministry like you do. Hey, look, you have a more front-line ministry than I do out there in the workplace, keeping your Christian testimony, sowing a seed of gospel, caring about somebody. Just a simple act of kindness with the gospel can go a long, long ways in making your life count. For Jesus Christ, his son, Steve Saint, went on to travel the world with one of the men who killed his father. You'll see his, his uh, a little video clip of him here. I want you to listen now to what was passed to his son, Steve Saint, that was just a little boy who watched his dad live for God's glory over self-gratification. It never occurred to me to hate the Waodani or be bitter towards them. And I saw it. My mom firmly believed that God had a plan and that if we would just do what God wanted us to do, that God would, would write this, this story that at the end would turn out really, really good. And I heard my mom say to somebody that if God had asked her to write the story, she probably would have written it a different way, but she said, but I don't know how to write the story. God knows how to write the story. And you know, that's what I believe too. I believe that if we just do what God wants us to do, there are some chapters in the book that can be very, very painful. Just three years ago, my only daughter, Stephanie, died suddenly. We were having a welcome home party. She'd been gone for a year and she came home. And right in the middle of her welcome home party, she got a headache. And then just a few minutes, she died from a, her, her brain started bleeding. And you know, as a father, I just, I mean, my heart was torn apart. And I didn't understand then, and I still don't understand why God 
wanted my daughter to die, but I think God did. And you know what? I know God well enough to know that God would not do it, even something that terrible. He would not do that without having a plan. So now for these last three years, when I go and speak to people, especially to kids, I say, please, please, don't wait too long. Because we never know how long we're going to live. Don't wait till you grow up. Don't wait till you get old. Start doing what God wants you to do right now so that he can write his story with your life. Amen. Wow, what a powerful, powerful testimony. Thank you so much, Jeff. Think God's glory over self-gratification. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Number two, quickly, and we'll move on. Think becoming over doing. I'm a list person. I have to run by a list, otherwise I forget it. And I love to accomplish my list. 2020, my list got blown up. We, we had business meeting after business meeting after business meeting with the staff planning 2021 and March 15th hit and it went out the window. So I grabbed new list and I started writing new list and we were shifting things and, you know, big, big events and things that we were doing. And, and I'm running list and running list and running list and running list and running lists until I realized that what the Apostle Paul is trying to teach us, what God is speaking through Paul about is, hey, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It isn't about the list that you check off. It isn't about the accomplishments, especially as us men, we love to accomplish. We're, we're achievement-based. You ladies are relational-based, but we like to achieve things and, and, and to check off the list that come our way. And God says, look, the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. And many times we as Christians, we have a form of godliness or we punch the church clock. Hey, 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 I'm a Christian, but we are not becoming more like Christ. Notice verse 23 and 24 of our text in Ephesians 4. He says in that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. The only way that you can do that is to have Christ in your heart and for it to be real. Think becoming overdoing. Let me illustrate it in this way. It is better to sing, to, to sing plainly with a humble, broken heart than to sing beautifully while lifted up in pride. This is becoming overdoing. It is better to speak the truth without applause than to receive standing ovations tickling men's ears because this is becoming overdoing. It is better to make less money working honorably with God's priorities first than to work in questionable occupations or skipping godly priorities or compromising your testimony to make a fatter paycheck. This is becoming overdoing. It is better to lose a game playing fairly than to win it by cheating. That's becoming overdoing. It is better to eat beans working hard than to eat filet mignon on money you won dishonorably. This is becoming overdoing. This is becoming overdoing. It is better to make D's in school from your memory than to make the honor roll from a cheat sheet. It is better to be disciplined than talented, on time than more rested or better dressed, and beautiful inside than more stylish outside. This is becoming overdoing. It is better to be right than cool. It is better to walk alone than to have the wrong friends. This is better to stick it out where God puts you than to quit and get some relief. It is better to stay with a bad marriage trying to make it work than to divorce in hopes of a better situation for yourself while damaging your kids and dis displeasing and disobeying Almighty God. It is better for a woman to be virtuous than beautiful. 
It is better to be a godly father than a wealthy businessman. It is better for children to be righteous and know God's word well than immoral and highly educated in the media, movies, sports, and the music culture of our world. It is better to have a high school diploma with godliness than a PhD with atheism. And by the way, I'm, I'm think we've had a PhD. He was scheduled to come here, a scientist, uh, actually a scientist to come in here and, and with multiple doctors. I'm thankful when they'll use that for God's glory. But it has to be the heart, the, do, the becoming overdoing. It is better, uh, uh, a bad attitude, excuse me, uh, it is better for children to be righteous and know God's word. It is better to, uh, uh, while we strive to do an excellent job in all areas, the heart should always take precedence over the mind. It is better to teach children obedience than to make stimulating their creativity their highest priority. It is better to tell your children no and regret it than to say yes and regret it. It is better to be available in the moment of need than to withhold so as to be better prepared at a later time. It is better to try, depending on God for strength, than to refuse until you are self-confident. As a daddy, be who God called you to be, and you will do what God called you to do. It's time that we stop thinking about how everybody else views us and checking off and putting all the little tags in our social media accounts instead of putting the tag on our heart and writing it upon the, 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 the tablet of our heart. Number three, quickly think wise over simple. Notice verse number 17. It says, don't walk as they walk in the vanity of their mind. The Bible has a lot. We've done a, Proverbs, a study in Proverbs on the simple one or the simpleton. Back in the days of Adolf Hitler, you know how he got throngs, hundreds of thousands of young people to follow? He searched out for the simple ones that would just blindly follow anything, blown about by any wind of doctrine. And in 2021, if you want your mind enlightened biblically, then you're going to have to have principled thinking to think wisdom over simpleton or wise over simple. We are being programmed today. This is why the Bible says, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. And I don't believe in just being one to just buck everything that comes away. As best with the eyes within me, you render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's. But even our culture today in 2020, it's not ab about COVID, really. It's about a programming and a, and, a, and a dumbing down of our minds so that you just ask anybody from any communistic country or the Soviet, previous Soviet Union, it's all about don't think for yourself. Stand here, do this, say this, don't go there, do this. And yet we have a generation that now it's creeping over into Christianity. We're being blown about by every wind of doctrine. I'll tell you again what I've told you many, many times. Don't listen to me. Listen to the Word of God. It isn't about Marion Avenue because Marion Avenue could lead you astray. This church could lead you astray. These men could lead you astray. It's the Word of God. Any church that you ever go into, you say, where's the Bible? Do they believe it? Do they love it? Do they read it? Do they stand firm on it? Do they believe that it is the Word of God? Or is it all just worldly philosophy and wishy-washy, blown about by every wind of doctrine? And we have a generation that it doesn't have to make sense. As long as everybody's doing it and it's perceived, well, then just get in line. That's how the six million Jews were killed. By the way, this is happening. We're being programmed on the news. This is the Department of Justice. Big Department of Justice. By the way, this happens in almost every single case. Show this little clip, and I think you'll get the point. Think wise over simple. Watch this real quick. If you can see it. Let's put on the mask. Watch this. This happens every time, just about. Think wise 
over simple. Think wise over simple. Now wait, I'm not here to preach about masks this morning. I thank God that some people can wear a mask. I visit people uh, like the Leets up there who Miss Ann Lee is very sick, have nothing to do with COVID, but she needs to wear a mask and she needs to stay away from people that's sick in any year. That's not the point. The point is, we're, my wife went, went to the doctor after she had a baby and, uh, uh, and I'm going to apply this spiritually here because that's what it bleeds over to. It's a start that goes into being blown about and we don't know what we believe and there's so much brokenness and immorality and heartache and division. And what happened was my wife went and said, I'm having these spinal headaches. I mean, she could hardly think. They were horrible. And the doctor said, look, uh, and I mean, a good doctor. We love the doctor. We still go to the doctor. They have their place. But uh, she says, uh, you just need to take painkillers for six months and then come back and see us. Now, some of you think, what's wrong with that? That's not wisdom. The doctors do not know health, period. They don't know health. They know medicine. That's all they know. We took our baby in and uh, they're big on this percentile thing. Well, my kids looked like they came out of a concentration camp in by, like year one or two. This doctor's like losing their mind. They're in the 15 percentile. I'm like, so, you know, I hear my mom's words of wisdom. Like, you know, if they're 20 and still look like that, then get worried, but don't worry about it right now. You know, you know I can remember moms coming to my mom saying, my child's six months and they can't read. Mom's oh, good grief. <laughs> anyway, but anyways, uh, so I am serious. I was there. The doctor comes out and says, your child is really skinny and all this. I said, what you need to do is just start feeding them mashed potatoes, put a lot of butter on that, give them some ice cream and starchy stuff. And, and we're like, what in the world? They'll be unhealthy and have all the, it doesn't matter. We can be fat, sick, and nearly dead. Yeah. Thank God we got our mask on like I see people in the Walmart parking lot pulling it down to smoke. Yep. Amen. Come on, folks. Amen. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm the worst to preach at you about gluttony, and I've worked hard at it. I think gluttony is as bad as any other sin. I mean that. But wait a minute. I'm not here to beat up on us, especially after Christmas. Look, come on now. I'm mad at myself for preaching this, but wait a minute. It's truth. Think wisdom over simple. Think wise over simple. And as you go into 2021, there's going to be some stuff that come down the pike. They may say, sorry, your church can't meet, and we're going to meet. And you're going to have to think, whoa, 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 everybody's doing it. It's a joke, folks. If it truly is something that's killing everybody and we're all going to die, well, then we'll do something. We don't want to kill anybody, but we do want to obey the Lord. And so I challenge you, come in and think wisdom and wisdom is from above. And the only way that you can have wisdom is that old black book right there. Think faith over fear. Think faith over fear. For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. It has shocked me. I thank God for, for this church family that just haven't operated out of fear, but we've given up our liberties. We've sold our children's culture and mindset and how they view the world. We've sold it downstream because we're just so scared of everything. And I'd like to rewind the clock to our founding fathers and those that signed the Declaration of Independence and pledged their lives, their honor. They, they pledged their fortunes. And yet, we're, we're so afraid. We're afraid of others. We're afraid of what others will think. We're afraid of what others... Look, just die to self, die to others, and live for God. Amen. Number five, quickly think stewardship over ownership. My life is not my own. You don't own you. I don't own me. This year is not yours to live. It's yours to steward. Steward is getting from God and giving a good return. Steward your children, I beg of you. Steward your marriage, I plead with you. I plead, it's, it can crack apart so easy. 
Steward your eyes. Steward your thought life. Steward your heart. Steward your foundations. When you and I enter an equation, are we a plus sign or a minus sign? Do we add and multiply or do we subtract and divide? May we be not a subtractor or divider, but an adder and a multiplier. Number six, think investing over spending. If you spend your life, you will have less of it a year from now at the end of 21. Spending focuses on me. Investing focuses on others. Spending leaves me empty. Investing leaves me full. And I'm not just talking financially, though I I think it's wise to think about the future for others. But wait a minute. I'm talking about investing your time. I think about bus captains who on Christmas Eve, some kids couldn't come to church, so they spread out all over the place. There was people out on Christmas Eve doing all kinds of acts of kindness. Yesterday, people were out visiting all over the place. Here's our bus director. Nobody knew that he was doing this. Nobody asked. I found this out from his wife, and she, I got her to send, she sent the pictures. This is Christmas Eve. Go ahead to the next one. Taking uh, gifts to kids here in town that couldn't have nice gifts, wrapped gifts. You know what this is? This is thinking, investing over spending. This is thinking, giving. This is thinking, uh, 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 souls over satisfaction. Let's just go ahead to that number seven, because I see the time there. Souls over satisfaction. Hezekiah said, as long as it's good in my day, it's okay. No, what about the next generation? Think about telling others about Jesus. Number eight, think relationships over productivity, people over process. God loves people, not tasks. He cares about your relationships, not your checklist. 2021, I want you to look back, and this is convicting to me, it's my desire. I want you to look back and say, whose life have I touched? As you look back over 2020, whose life have you touched? If you were to have your funeral tomorrow, would they talk about what you've done or the friend you were? There's a lot of truth there. Number nine, think revival over rest. Think revival over rest. Now more than ever, more than ever, this church is needed now more than ever. Back in, in, in the 80s and 90s or even 70s when we were running buses all over Southeast Iowa and thousands of people being saved and reached, it's needed now more today than back then. We need to punch holes in the darkness with the gospel. This church, that's, the Bible put it that way, Hebrews 10.25. Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. He said exhorting and, and loving one another, challenging one another, Scripture says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Last but not least, and we'll be done, think heaven over hell. Passing through a country graveyard, a man was struck by the inscription on a tombstone. The stone was by the side of a path where everyone could see it. It had been placed there in the memory of a young man who died at the age of 17, and here's what it said in a prominent place where everyone could see it. Reader, stop and think. I am in eternity, and you are on the brink. Many people passed away in 2020 that had no idea that they were going to pass away in 2020. Whose day will it be in 2021? You say, that's morbid. That's sad. It's the most democratic thing to all of mankind around the globe. It's appointed unto man wants to die. But after this, the judgment. There is a real and literal hell in the center of this earth. Flaming fire, screaming, burning, tortured forever. God did not create it for you and I. It's the only thing that had to enlarge itself. The Bible says hell hath enlarged herself, itself. Why? Because God is not willing that any should perish, 
He created hell, the Bible says, quote, that he prepared it for Lucifer. All the evil, the debauchery, the abomination that we see in the world today. The devil is the prince of the power of that. And he created it for them, but hell had to enlarge itself because God gave his son Jesus as a gift that you and I would knock on that door, that would receive him, that we would believe on him and only him. But yet the world goes in the darkness of their mind. Vanity, running around, just feeding self instead of turning to Jesus Christ. Then he says, you can go to heaven, you can go to heaven, you can go to heaven, you can have eternal life. How? By knowing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. By understanding that there's a penalty for that sin, because no sin will be allowed into heaven. God is a just God. You can forgive someone for committing a crime against you, but, but thank God we live in America where justice still will have to be served. And God loves you and God forgives you, but justice still has to be served on sin. And he says the wages of sin is death, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life, that's God, the Lamb, shedding his sinless blood as a sacrifice for you and I, a human being, but yet God becoming the sacrifice for us. Whosoever was not written in the Lamb's book of life was cast in the lake of fire. But God commenced his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's you, that's me, that's all, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, that's you, whoever you are, wherever you are, if you say, I don't never go to this church, I don't know anything about this, God is calling out to you right now. Can you hear him? He's speaking to you. It's his word. It's everlasting. It's ever living. And he's saying, whosoever believeth on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you're willing to turn from your humanism, that means your own self-thought process, your own way, turn from your sin, turn from yourself, turn from doubt, turn from your good works, from your religion, from being sprinkled or baptized, from your church membership, whatever it may be, and turn to Jesus only and say, I claim you as my savior. I call upon you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I pray that the scriptures have shown a light into proper thinking, Bible thinking, principled thinking in 2021. If you're here this morning and you, if you never prayed and asked Jesus to save you, would you do that right now? These words won't save you. Praying a simple little prayer, repeating after me. There's been many people that have repeated a prayer and they're not saved. But if you pray in your heart and you mean it to Almighty God, if you do what one gentleman sitting in here did many, many years ago, he looked up and he just said, please, 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 God. He called upon the Lord and he saved him. Would you pray in your heart, dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Are you praying that? I deserve to pay for my own sin. I've done wrong. But I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried for my sins, and that you rose again victorious over my sins. Are you praying something like that? I'm asking you, God, to forgive me. I believe on you. I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God. The best I know how, I'm asking you to save me. I receive you, Lord. Please save me. In Jesus' name I pray. With no one looking around, if you just prayed that this morning and got it settled, would you raise your hand? I won't call your name, but I'd sure like to celebrate with you. Could I see that hand? Thank you. Somebody else. Could I see that hand? All over the auditorium, front to back, left to right. Would you stand to your feet? The musicians are playing. Christian, would you come and do business with God? Everyone's standing. If you need to be saved, I invite you to come. If you need to be baptized, I invite you to come. If you need to join this Bible-believing, Bible-truth, 
hearing place, I invite you to come. Some have come to the altar. Would you join them? Principled thinking in 2021. If you just need to pray with somebody, we have a prayer team down here. They're waiting to talk to you. Ladies, Miss Brenda is here to talk to you. Men, we have several men here ready to talk to you and we can get more if need be. Principled thinking in 2021. The principles of God's word. They're playing I surrender all. Think God's glory over self-gratification. Think faith over fear. Think wise over simple. Think investing over spending. Think relationships over productivity. Think heaven over hell. Think souls over self-satisfaction. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. One more verse and we will be dismissed. All to Jesus, I sing that with me. All to Thee, I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender Father, thank you for what you've done in this place. Bless us, I pray, as we make these decisions and think back on these truths to not walk in the vanity of our minds. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. We're going to have a baptism briefly, and then we'll uh, get you on out of here to probably eat a lot of the leftovers this morning from Christmas Day. We're excited about these that have trusted Christ.